Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 2 of High Performance Pathways, sponsored by the Notecast app. I'm your host, Court Whitman, and if you enjoy this podcast, please consider checking out some more about me and, and the work that I'm doing at my website, courtwhitman.com. So, for all new listeners, as you settle into this show together today, let me just take a moment and introduce to you what we're trying to do here, right? Because I know we've got some new listeners checking in with us today because they see the guests that I've got focused and they're getting in on this, all right? So High Performance Pathways is a purpose-built and specially selected collection of someone's experience as they discuss how they understand, discover, and chase high performance in their life. This content is collected during a one-on-one interview and then shared with you. Why? Because I believe everyone has a different path to high performance. And hearing about the paths that other professionals have journeyed along is informative and it inspires us in our life journey. So during each episode of High Performance Pathways, it's my intent as your host to do five things for you, the listener. Number one, connect. I'm gonna connect you to someone else so that you can intentionally build out your professional relationships. Number two, I'm gonna ask questions so that together we can understand. Number three, I'm gonna share to raise perspective. Number four, I'm going to teach to increase competence. And number five, I'm gonna inspire. At least that's my hope, to inspire you as the listener through my guest to trigger a growth experience in your life. One additional note as you continue listening, this podcast is raw, meaning we do no absolutely no post-production editing here. We record live and we deliver it to you exactly as it was recorded. Now, my guest today is Trey Lucas. And Trey is a colleague of mine. We've worked together in the past. He's a brother of mine. We both battled on the football field, not in the same team or during the same time frame, but we have that common football just kind of within us as an area and a point of alignment in our lives. And we know some of the same folks, kind of like relationships go in this big world. So let, let, let me just dig into his bio real quick, and then we'll get rolling here on the show. Trey's a native of Durham, North Carolina, and a former NCAA Division I football student athlete. Trey attended Gardner-Webb University and the University of Richmond, where he earned a bachelor's degree in sports management and a graduate degree in human resource management, respectively. After graduation, Trey moved back to his hometown of Durham, where he began coaching football at his alma mater, Southern Durham High School. And Trey went on to found, and I quote, motivate the culture, end quote. Trey found and motivate the culture, and again, I'm quoting here, as an extension of his work as a football coach to reach scholastic football student athletes on a broader scale, end quote. Trey is committed to inspiring the youth to use their love of football to open doors that they never, ever imagined. Since founding Motivate the Culture, Trey's helped collect over $2,000 worth of business attire for kids, He's conducted over 300 miles of campus tours. He's created a panel of former NFL and college athletes to inspire the youth that he's serving. And he's watched eight of his athletes sign NCAA athletic scholarships. A little bit more background on me and Trey. And I think you'll enjoy this. Um, you know, relationships move the world around and me and Trey's relationship is no different. So. When I was working at Teamworks as an internal leadership coach a number of years ago, the owner, Zach Maritas, decided to create something called Teamworks Academy. 
And Teamworks Academy was built specifically to bring in graduating student athletes to their first time work experience within Teamworks. And once that program was launched, I reached out to my network and my former player teammate, Andre Thornton, who happened to be the episode number one guest on this show during season one when it first kicked off, said, hey, man, I got this guy. His name's Trey Lucas. He's looking for some work. He played ball. He's a great American. You got a space for him somewhere out there. And I got that resume, injected it into the application process, and Trey was specially selected by, by a board of folks reviewing these great athletes coming into the workplace. And then I actually got a chance to interview Trey. And then Trey came into the Teamworks family a number of years ago. So I just think it's interesting that we have kind of that experience that goes, you know, beyond um, a relationship outside of just, you know, not having worked together in close uh, proximity. And let me talk about a little bit more of our relationship. My role in the onboarding process of new employees at Teamworks was to run them through a program I created called Teamworks Optimum, which its kind of mission in life was to enable the happiness and health of every employee that comes into the, comes into the company so they can be incredibly engaged, so they can understand what fulfillment looks like in their life. And we believed, meaning Zach, me, and the leadership team at the organization, if we could deliver on that for our employees, they're going to crush it and, and, and really produce incredible results every day. So not only did I have the chance to bring Trey into, into that company, but I also spent some time serving him um, in a leadership coach capacity. So there you go, my man, Trey Lucas. Trey, thanks so much for being here together today, man. I really appreciate um, you stepping into some perspectives on sport and its impact on your development. You know, kind of the, the reason why you've decided to coach at the high school level uh, motivate the culture and how you're serving folks there. And just overall, in my opinion, your story chasing high performance in your life, man. Thanks for being here, boss. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, man. Absolutely, brother. No one else you'd rather have with us today than my boy, Trey Lucas. I want to begin, man, um, going way back, going way back to young Trey. Um, and I, I want you to, in this moment, to reflect on your childhood. And I 100% understand that people's childhood experiences come in all shapes and fashions, right? Some are great. Some are absolutely miserable. I have no idea, as I ask this question, what childhood was like for you. But I think that it's the birthplace in a lot of cases of what we want to do when we get older. And so I'm just curious, man, when you reflect back on your childhood and what it was like for you growing up, you know, who were your earliest role models or who was maybe a mentor in your life? And would you mind just sharing a bit about that with us and the listeners? Right. Absolutely. Um, I think as I look back on my childhood, um, I believe that I had a, a, a regular upbringing. I was blessed to have both of my parents in the household. Um, I had an older sister, so I had a really stable um, upbringing as far as the, the family and, and the way it looked. Uh, we were, middle-class family. We were getting, getting together well. Um, my earliest mentors, honestly, for me, was my father. Um, obviously, as, as, a, as a young boy, you really want to look up to your father, and you want to be just like your father. And uh, my father is an entrepreneur. He's had his own company for 17 years. So I really grew up watching someone chase their dreams, making their dreams a reality, and then capitalizing on that. Um, so he was a real big influence for me. Um, and even when I started coaching football, 
he was always on the football staff. So I, I started in 2003 playing Little League, and he was a volunteer coach. After that, um, I, I continue to play. He was always a volunteer coach on all the teams. So he never missed a game, never missed a practice. So just having that constant um, role model, that constant figure to look up to, um, definitely shaped me to who I am today. And I would say I really grew up as a, as a mama's boy. Um, I was always under my mom, um, loved everything. She, she could do no wrong in my eyes. So just having that stable um, parental figures in my life um, definitely shaped me to be who I am today. I love it, man. I, I, I'm so inspired by so many guests that come on this show. And when we reflect on, on the mentors and the inspiration in their, in their early life, it's always the family, man, right? So shout out to dad, shout out to mama. God bless mama. My mom is incredible. She's been the spiritual leader to my home for ever since I think I was old enough to, I don't know, uh, crawl maybe. I mean, heck, I, getting baptized at a young age before I could even walk. But uh, the family is so, is so influential. And the other thing I wanted to kind of highlight here is that any parent that's also taken on a volunteer capacity in coaching, um, you know, absolutely, you're making an impact on your own kids if you're present that way uh, and on the kids of others. You might end up being that dad or mom for kids that don't have one. Um, that's absolutely what I, I have experienced in my role as a volunteer coach. And I've been doing that for about eight years in my life just because I love it. Um, and the last thing I just want to mention here is that it seems to me, Trey, as you reflect on that story, that your family was just present, man. Right. They were just there and there for you. And correct, that was something correct. that, yeah, man. And that was something that, that was just good for you, um, developed you, influenced you in ways that kind of led you uh, in, in the direction you took as a young adult. All right, man, let's continue here. Um, let's talk about sport specifically, right? Because there's a lot about that that makes you who you are, maybe. Um, or at least it's a lot about what you decided to do with your life. So when you think about when did sport really become a love for you, man? Right? Like, when did that maybe happen? And, and, you know, who knows, man? You might not even have an awareness of that until you had kind of this question presented. Because I think when I look back on my own life, I, I don't know if I could do a good job of isolating a year or a time. But I'm just curious in, in your own mind, in your own words, when did that love really start for you? And then what did you play growing up? Absolutely. I think when I look back at my earliest days of, of playing football, I remember my first year, I, I kind of had to get forced to go to practice. It was a, Trey, you got practice, it's, it's time to go. And it was kind of a, a back and forth with my parents about, ah, I don't want to go, I, I don't really want to go. Um, and that was back in 2003. But as, the, as that season went on, I, it started to become fun. So as the season became, like practice would come, I'm ready. I'm, I'm dressed and I'm at the door. I'm, I'm ready to go. I don't want to be late. I'm, I'm telling my parents, hey, I got practice. We got to go. We got to go. So I think as it progressed and I realized how much fun I was having with playing football, I think that's really where my love came for it. Um, I can't really pinpoint exactly like when like the light switch turned like, hey, I love doing this. But I think it was when I was no longer forced. It was no longer a chore for me to do it. It was something that I really enjoyed and I really wanted to do. Um, and I grew up, I only, I only played football growing up. Um, they tried to get me in T-ball. Um, I, got, I got up there at the batter's box and started crying and, and ran all 
Um, I never got into basketball. It was literally just all strictly football for me. Um, and I, like I said, I just think that turning point for me was when, I, even after the season was over at a young age, I was in the yard working on football drills, trying to get better. So I really can't tell you when that lights that light switched, like I said, but I just I just know once it was ingrained in me for me to do it without anybody forcing me to do it, that's when I knew that game was um something that I loved. Yeah, man, absolutely. And and for anybody listening, this this young man went on to play college. He's a scholarship athlete at two different institutions and and has a master's degree. Um, I don't know this statement to be true, but I would say because of sport, because of football. But you can certainly correct me if I'm wrong there. Um, no, you're, you're, you're definitely correct, 100%. So, so there you go. And so here's maybe a, a shot in the arm of confidence for any parent out there struggling because they feel like, good gracious, do I got to put the baseball pants on you again today, son? Come on. Hey, hey Charlotte, do I got to tie – Charlotte's my daughter's name. Charlotte, do I got to put your hair in a ponytail again today? and force you to get out the, get out the door to soccer practice? Because, right? I mean, because I'm, I'm as a parent reflecting on my two young kids that are 9 and 11 that are active in sports, but sometimes it's forced, man. So I'm just waiting for them to say, hey, Dad, we are having fun, and guess what? You don't got to get me dressed today. So, <laughs> so, Troy, you're getting me fired up, man, because there is a point in which it does become fun, and it did for you, and it became a, a, a lifelong, in my opinion, um, uh, love of the game, man. Uh, so much so that you're actually dedicating your professional energy to motivate the culture in and around sport and student athletes. Um, so thanks for sharing that, brother. Uh, you played college football at Gardner-Webb, like I said, and Richmond University, man. When you think about memories of being on that field of battle and playing ball throughout those two different experiences, is anything that show up for you, man? Memories of Absolutely. playing college Absolutely. ball or even football in general. If you want to go way back, you certainly can. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, some of my, my best memories were playing football um, were, were when I was playing Pop Warner football, when it was just pure. It, it, was, it was purely just about the love of the game. And I, I found as you get higher in, in the ranks of football, the high school, varsity level, and the college level, it, it really becomes – feels like a, a business decision. Um, like when you get to high school, you're, you're playing for a scholarship. It's a lot of pressure on yourself. You have to make plays. You have to get film. And when you get to college, you're really playing essentially so you don't – so it, co college, it, it, it felt like a business. It, it really did. It really didn't feel as pure and fun as it was when I played Pop Warner. So the, the, my best memories came um, when I was younger, playing for Durham Eagles Pop Warner team and just – all the fun that we had as, as, as young boys, just running around with no care in the world, um, just playing a game that we loved. Um, but as far as college went, um, my, my most memorable moments didn't even actually come from actually playing in a game, but it came from the opportunities that presented themselves because I was able to play college football. And so one of the most proudest moments that ever in my life was literally graduating and walking across the stage twice. Um, as I look back, it was no better feeling than, walking across the stage, getting my degree and realizing that what I set out to do, I finally accomplished. And just seeing my family happy and proud on those days um, was just, is memories that I would cherish forever. And secondly, um, this is going to college football as well. It's just the bonds and the brotherhood that I created uh, while playing college football. And you know, um, 
better than anyone that bonds are really created when you're put in tough situations with a group of people. In college football, I was put in a lot of tough situations. Um, summer workouts were not easy. <laughs> Off-season workouts were not easy. Winter workouts were not easy. Going through a losing season is not easy. But what made it better was I was going through it with a group of people. And we were all in it together. And going through those tough situations together really created a bond that um, is really unbreakable. And I really, going through college, I have friends that, that I know that will be there forever just because of the experience that we had together. Um, so those were just great memories that were afforded to me because I had the opportunity to play college football. And those are just some things that I would never take for granted. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm getting excited just listening to you here because I'm reflecting on my own life. Um, but let me just brief back what I heard from you when you recalled the memories that football has given you throughout your life prior to coaching. So we haven't transitioned into your coaching experience yet. And I, I imagine that there's different memories there because it's a, it's a different role only because I both played ball and, and now coaching. So here's some of the memories that, that you shared, Trey, that I want to highlight. Number one, for you in college, it felt like a business. And those are your words. What I'm hearing in that is that it was just a lot of damn hard work. Um, and you talked about that later on in your sharing out. But, you know, I, I would say amen, right? Um, but isn't life and what we can accomplish ground in our ability to work hard? And why not allow sport to be the, the early entry into forming some of that work ethic? So, you know, again, I'm a huge sport advocate. It's made me who I am as a man today. And I think it does for a lot of people. So if you're looking to introduce some hard work to your life, Get out there and pick up a ball, swing a bat, kick something. Uh, the second thing from a memory place you shared was just the feeling of accomplishment when you walked across the stage, really for your family, and said, hey, look, I got it done. Um, and in a way, I got it done to honor you and selfishly for me, because this is going to help inform what I do next as I move through my adult life. You talked, number three, about the bonds you create within the teammates. And I want to just kind of close out on this one. Um, and tie it to your, your comment about the early years of football and Pop Warner and how important that was. Yesterday, I had my son, Bryce, who's nine years old. He played his first year of tackle football last year with the J.D. Pone Cardinals here in Grace Creek in North Carolina. We've been playing flag as, as long as he could run and hold a ball. But first year of tackle was last year. And with my son, I have a, a friend of his that's three doors down named Chris King, and Chris King also has been playing football together with Bryce since they could play flag football. They will play again tackle football this year, and we're sitting out there, and we're doing daily workouts, and I got to took a photo of these two kids doing planks. Uh, you know, my boy's kind of, he, he's a bigger boy, and Chris is a, a quicker, faster boy, but what I'm getting at here is that there's a bond that's being created that I'm watching at these two young men, with an alignment and a focus towards football. After we did the workout, we ran a mile together. Again, these two kids are nine, and we had a football with us, and we tossed it to each other, mailbox to mailbox. And so what I'm getting at, man, is that this absolutely is part of the developmental experience for folks. It's part of Trey's, it's part of mine, and at, at this point, it's part of two other kids that are important to me. And I just want to share that out, man. We talked about what it was like for you growing up. So, Trey, thanks for that opportunity, man, uh, for me just opening up some of my own sharing. 
Um, what advice do you have, my friend, in this moment for young athletes? And you probably do this a lot because you're a coach, but you have a big platform here now, my man, and people want to hear from coaches and former players. So what advice do you have for younger football players who are dreaming to one day play in college, Trey? Got you. Um, so uh, obviously a lot of people say they want to play college football. And when any of my players that I coach now say, hey, coach, I want to play college football, I ask them why. Why do you want to play college football? And I, I love to hear their answers. So for me, my why, I want to play college football because I didn't want my family to have to pay for college. Uh. That, that was my why. So when I ask that question and I hear their responses, is that why going to be strong enough for you to lean on when that journey gets tough? Because obtaining a scholarship to play college football is tough. Absolutely. It takes a lot of discipline. Exactly. It takes a lot man. of discipline, sacrifice, um, hard work, determination, you name it. It's, it's tough. But if you can remember why you said you wanted to play college football, you'll be able to get through the journey. Um, so whenever, whenever I, I felt tired, I didn't want to do the last rep. Trey, remember why you said you want to play college football. You don't want your parents to struggle in debt to pay for your college. So that was always in the back of my head. Okay, cool. I, I got enough energy to run this extra mile. I got enough energy to run this sprint. I can do this. I can wake up early. I can pay attention in class. When class got boring, Trey, you need your academics. Why? Because you don't want your parents to pay for college. So I would really advise kids to find out why you want to play college football. It's not, it's not okay to just say, well, I want to play in front of a hundred thousand people. I want to, I want to wear those nice jerseys. Um, they get the girls or, or et cetera, et cetera. Make sure that why is strong enough to lean on when that journey gets tough, because it's a, it's a million kids just like you that want to play college football. So what's going to separate yourself from them? Um, so I think that's my biggest advice that I, that I like to tell um, the younger athletes that I coach. Yeah, man. I love it. So, so advice for, for anyone listening right now as an athlete that's aspiring to play at the college level, if you're a parent of an athlete, have the conversation about why. You know, what is it that really inspires you to want to do this? And there's something powerful in that answer for Trey that continued to inform you, my friend, when it got tough. So great advice, man. I appreciate you sharing it. Anything else? No, I'm good on that one. All right, brother. Sounds good, man. Let's continue this conversation and take it beyond you with the pads and helmet on. You bringing it as an athlete, right? What position did you play, by the way, Trey? I think it was corner or safety. Am I right? Yes, sir. I played everything in the back end. So corner, safety, nickelback, you name it. I could yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Come on now, we're talking about an athlete here. Hey, coach just put me in. I'm going to crush it. Free safety, strong, nickel. I'm going to get it done. I thought you and I were well aligned on the defensive side of the football, brother, and wanting to hit people. Uh, so there we go. I got, a, I got a brother in defense here. So let's talk now about life beyond being that player and then being a coach, man, right? Uh, as I understand it, this is definitely one of your passions if you were to write a list out for me. It's coaching football what inspired you man to do that and what brought you back to durham north carolina your hometown absolutely if, if i'm being completely honest with you court to be to be honest coaching in, in itself is not really uh my passion because i don't really see myself as like pursuing that as a career or 
like really diving into X's and O's and learning new schemes and trying to be innovative. Um, but I saw, I saw coaching as a platform to get close to my real passion, which is um, really like inspiring young men and, and, and motivating young men and, and, and helping them on their journey. So I, in, in my mind, after I was done with, with um, school, I knew I wanted to stay close to football and I knew I wanted to help young men. So in my mind, let's put two and two together. What's the best way for me to do that? And I thought coaching football. Um, and it, it is something that, that I, I, I've enjoyed doing, but to say I'm passionate about it, I wouldn't say that. I'm passionate about the, the, the platform that it gives me. Um, but coming back home and, and, and coaching at my, at my old high school, it was a no-brainer for me. Um, just to give back to a high school and, and a city that, that really made me who I am today. Because without growing up in Durham and, and going through the situations that I went through and, and walking those halls, um, I, I wouldn't be who I am today. And being able to connect with the players there and for them to look at me and understand that, hey, coach walked those halls. Coach was in the same classrooms. Coach even had some of the same teachers. He's been in the same neighborhood as you. He knows what's going on in the community. And for them to, to know that I, I'm, I came from where they're at and I've been to where they want to be was huge for me. And, and I think that made me a, a better coach as well because they're able to look at me as, as someone that they can trust and listen to. And, and that's huge um, in being a coach. Yeah, man, I love it. I don't, I don't know if I've ever talked to a coach and – they have an answer for why they're a coach that doesn't attribute in some way to their desire to develop young men and women in, in the greater game of life. So I think that's what I'm hearing from you. Coaching is that platform for you to be able to make a difference in the greater game of life for young men that are playing football. Um, I love it, man. Uh, let's talk about what it is to be a coach, right? And you can even take this a step further if you want, and we can say what it's like to be a mentor. Because I think that that's a lot of what you're doing and the reason why you're coaching. And so I'm just real curious, man, when we think about the, the foundational habits as a mentor that you activate or as a coach to deliver that influence, that motivation, and that impact for those young student athletes, um, what is it like in your mind from, from what you do as a coach or what you've seen from the coaches that have coached you that said, you know what? I got to continue doing this because it delivers impact or I want to do what this coach has done because it has a significant impact on me. Right. So it's a long question. Uh, Let me break it on down. If it was confusion, sometimes I have that bad habit, but foundational habits of coaches, mentors in your life, or the things you practice to be a coach and a mentor well? Absolutely. Um, I think the, the first habit is you have to be able to relate to your players. Um, I, I remember when I was in middle school, um, one, of, one of my coaches, his name was Coach Minor, and he just had just the, the ability to relate to us. If, if you're able, if you, the only thing that you can talk to your players about is what's going on in the football field, I don't think that makes you a good coach, especially on the scholastic level. Um, you need to be able to relate to them and, what, and talk to them about what's going on in their life, in the classroom, in the school, 
and, and everything other than football. And, and my coach, Coach Miner um, from middle school, he just had that ability to just to, to put football to the side and, and want to understand me as a person. And to this day, um, I talk to him every week, um, which, is, which is crazy, just from just the bond that we created during one middle school season. So I think that's huge. And as I've, as I've coached um, high school football going on two years now, I realized that <laughs> the job description is way bigger than a coach. You're, you're, you're a counselor. You're, seriously, like you're a counselor sometimes, and, and especially in the, in the community that I serve and, and where uh, my high school is, it's really an underserved community. So sometimes I, I'm, I'm a big brother figure. I'm, I'm, I'm dropping kids off to, to, to um, home. I'm picking kids up so they won't be late to school. Uh, I'm, I'm making sure they're fed. So it, it's a lot that goes into that. Wow. But for them to be able to trust you and you can relate to them, that, that just speaks volumes. And even on the football side of thing, if you can relate to your players and they can trust you, um, when those lights cut on on Friday night, there's not a thing that they wouldn't do for you as a coach. They will run through a brick wall for you and do whatever it takes just because they trust you and they feel like you love them. You really have to have that bond um, as, as a player-coach relationship, and I think that's huge. And then secondly, um, just, just going off back on the coach, if you're a high school coach, I think you really need to understand X's and O's and teach the proper techniques because on the varsity levels, once they become juniors and seniors, your responsibility is to teach them everything they need to know that's going to translate so they can get scholarships. So if you as a coach don't know your X's and O's and don't know the proper techniques that need to be taught, uh, for them to make plays on Friday night, it's really in your hands to say why they're not getting scholarships. Um, so I, I think I, I really put that burden on myself to make sure that I'm teaching them everything they need to know. So on Friday nights, they can make plays and get that film and show to the college coaches so they're able to get scholarships. So I think being uh, relatable to your players and then teaching them the X's and O's and teaching them the right techniques and everything they need to know that's going to translate on the field um, makes you a great coach, especially on the high school level. Yeah, man, I love it. Uh, two themes that really jumped out to me there when you talk about habits of the of the best coaches that, that have served you and what you do as a coach serving others now in your work. Number one, you've got to be able to relate to your players because it builds trust. And you had some great examples of what you're doing to do that well. Not only were you from the area, which, you know, heck, me may even be still remembered, man. Yeah, hey, man, Trey Lucas, that legend, man. He's coming back to coach us, right? Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm talking about. So, you know, be relatable. And, and the word that, that you used was trust. And let me marinate on this for just one second for the listeners because I, I want to introduce the, the, the four foundational competencies to building trust effectively. It applies to a coach it applies to a manager, applies to a worker, applies to all, applies to a husband and a wife, man, because trust is part of everything that we do. And it is, you got to care. You must be reliable. You must be sincere. And you absolutely have to be competent. So if you can be competent, if you can be sincere, reliable, and if you can care, that's the recipe for building trust rapidly. And Trey just you know, naturally went through some ways in which he's demonstrating some incredible care. And then he went on to say the second thing that coaches need to do well is they got to be competent. He said expert in the X's and O's, and we all know what that means. You got to be the right play caller. 
you got to teach the kids. So thanks for sharing that out, my friend. And I, there's just one other thing I want to add, man, when you talked about Coach Miner um, and his impact in your life. My high school football coach, Richard Grispin, Grissom, and his family was at my wedding, man, when I got married. I got married when I was 31. Mm-hmm. And, if it, and that is the impact that that coach had on my life, man. My college coach was not invited to my wedding. And to be honest, I had three college coaches because my program was, was all over the place. But, I mean, shout out, man, to the middle school and the high school coaches everywhere. You are the, in some cases, only dad, only brother, only mom, only sister for some of these folks that are out there. So even when you feel defeated, do not stop because we need you to keep moving these kids through and on into adult life. So thanks, Trey, for sharing that, man, and your experience. I want to talk now about the business you founded. Um, and, and maybe in some way you get a smile on your face when I start to bring this up because you do think about your dad, who was that 17-year entrepreneur, and now you are that entrepreneur, man. So let's talk about Motivate the Culture. Mm-hmm. Why, man, did you found this organization? In some way, can you communicate to us what is the vision and mission for Motivate the Culture? And how are you serving kids parents, coaches, anybody that you're serving in this work that you do today? There's a lot of questions in that, my friend. You can answer all, you can answer one, but in this moment, I want to get out what you're doing with this work to the listening base. Motivate the culture, man. Tell us about it. Absolutely, absolutely. So I started Motivate the Culture, um, like we touched on, just as a way to broaden my scope of the of the amount of young men that I can reach. Um, I realized when I started coaching football that I really loved helping young men, but I felt that my impact was, um, was, was only with the, the kids that were on my team. And I felt that I could do it on a, on a bigger scale. And that's what I really wanted to do. Um, so first I would like to just define what I mean, um, what I mean by the culture and I define culture or the culture, as a way of life or a lifestyle. So as we touched on earlier, it takes a certain lifestyle that you have to lead in order to get a division one, division two, or wherever NCAA scholarship, um, you have to lead a certain life. So when I say motivate the culture, I'm trying to motivate anyone who is willing to sacrifice and lead that lifestyle. Um, So that's what I mean by motivate the culture. And my vision for it, I really want to, to grow um, and become a national brand um, that young student football athletes adopt as a symbol for what they're trying to do and the lifestyle that, that they want to live. So when, 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 I, when I want people to look at this logo and, and young athletes to look at this logo, it's really symbolic um, as what they want to do and what they want to become. And that's why I really have, the logo has a graduation cap and a football jersey because I want to make sure first and foremost, academics comes before football. Um, without academics, you can't do anything that you want to do on the football field. Um, so that's really my vision uh, for the brand um, and just just helping as many young men as I can um, through the sport of football. And I've been doing a lot of stuff here locally in Durham. Um, like we touched on in my bio, I've been doing college tours. So I've took a bunch of kids to um, University of Wake Forest, um, Liberty University, and just taking them to on college tours and college visits because 
honestly, you don't know what you don't know. A lot of the kids that I've taken to these college college tours have never even really been out of Durham, North Carolina, um, and, and, and let alone step foot on a college campus. So they don't even know what they're missing. And it is, it's really amazing when I take them on these tours and they ask me, Coach, so this is how it was at your college? This is how it was on your campus? And just how, how wide their eyes get, it's just like it's a brand new world. And it is, it's really fulfilling um, to, to me to watch those, um, those reactions and, those, and them having questions about, you know, the dining room and the dorms and stuff like that. And I just love showing them what's outside of the city and what's waiting for them on the next side um, when they do uh, realize their dream of getting a scholarship. Um, with that, too, I, I did a, a, a clothing drive for business attire. Um, and that was really for the kids that we coach because on Friday nights um, in school, we like our kids to dress in business casual or business attire um, on game days uh, because I, I, I truly believe that the way you dress really um, impacts the way you act. So if you're in school in a suit, you're just going to you're going to carry yourself a little different. And I understood that a lot of our players didn't have suits. So the best thing for me to do was let's do a suit drive. Um, so we collected a lot of suits and a lot of business attire for our kids, um, which was really great. And it was great just to see the confidence they had walking into school in a brand new suit and tie. Like it, it was it was amazing. And just seeing the pictures that they posted on Instagram and the smiles that they had on their face um, was great. Um, did a live panel of NFL um, and former collegiate football players um, where essentially they came. It was five guys and they, they answered questions from. Um, current high school football athletes about time management, academics, college life, a day in the life of a college student, and really what to expect um, when you get to college and, and what separated themselves in high school so they were able to get a, uh, a scholarship. So um, just trying to build, build the brand up as, as much as possible just so I can reach as, as many kids as possible. Hey, man, I love it. Um, I, here's a word that's, that's hit home for me in my heart as I listen to you, Trey, and motivate the culture. You are a gift, my friend. You are a gift to these kids that you're serving right now, and you're going to continue to be a gift, my friend, as you continue to serve with this incredible vision and mission you have for this company. And so I want to do everything that I can to help take this thing as a nationwide brand for you in my small little way within my circle of influence. So I don't know that I've ever told you this before, but I'm proud of you, man. I'm proud, of, you. I'm proud of what you're doing. Second thing, this is beyond football. You want to make an impact beyond the playing field and what you're doing here with motivate the culture. That's the second thing that really resonated with me as I listened to you and with the work that you're involved in right now. And I just got to say this, man, when you talked about uh, the clothing drive you did and the, and the way your kids responded to putting on that suit and tie, it takes me back to prime time, man. Dion. And Dion, <laughs> I mean, you can't turn on ESPN. We can't hear Dion giving us something, man. But here's what I remember from when I was watching him play, which was a long time ago. If I feel good, that's not even what he said. Let me take this back. If I look good, I'm going to play good. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. it's real. It, it, it's an, there's an impact to the football game. And certainly we're talking about the suit. I think Dion was 
probably talking about that, but he's talking about the way his uniform feels, right? And all the way that comes together. Good gracious, there's so much to putting on the football uniform that's got to be a certain way. My belt's got to be a certain way, all my stuff, my socks, right? But if I, if I feel like I'm looking good, man, look the heck out because I'm coming. Absolutely. And that applies to anything. It applies to the business interview, the date, you, just life in general, man. So again, you're a gift, man, as you're working through this for these kids, because you've already talked about, and I know Durham, we are talking about an underserved community, right? These kids are financially strapped, man. They definitely probably have kids that you are their father in their life. Mm -hmm. So, and the last thing I want to know is where the heck can we learn more? Is it connecting um, with you on LinkedIn? Is it, you know, how does someone learn more about getting involved beyond the borders of Durham, North Carolina with what you got going on? Absolutely. I'm um, definitely connecting with me on LinkedIn and our Instagram page. Um, that's at motivate the culture. That's M-O-T-I-V-8-T-H-E culture, C-U-L-T-U-R-E. Um, a lot of my, a lot of stuff I do, I highlight on my Instagram page. And since um, everything that's been happening with COVID-19 and the stay-at-home orders, I've actually been doing a weekly um, Instagram live interview um, with um, current, current college players and former college players and current, um, former, former NFL players as well, just interviewing them, um, a, a Q&A session, just giving back to um, high school athletes as far as knowledge that they need to know to help them on their journey. Um, I'm working on getting a website and, and everything. Um, of that nature as well. But that's the best places to start with now. Yeah, man, I love it. Instagram and LinkedIn. And I'll make sure that I, that I hang those links and that information when this episode's published. Last question, man. Did you wear number eight? I did not. Okay. I was like, good gracious. Now, how crazy would that be if you also wore <laughs> number eight? Because I know you have the number eight as part of that logo mm -hmm. and that beautiful play on words when you use motivate for motivate the culture. All right, man. Hey, you're definitely kind of in a stage of making a dream a reality with this work you're doing as an entrepreneur with Motivate the Culture. And so curious, man, what advice do you have for other folks that have a dream that want to make an impact? Um, Absolutely. You know, when it comes to this world of entrepreneurship, Trey, would you mind sharing? Mm -hmm. uh, what I would tell anybody who's aspiring to, to start something new, um, please don't, don't underestimate the importance of ownership. And I really believe that there's power in, in having your own. Um, if, if it's yours, no one can take it from you. No one can alter it. And it can never, it can never be changed. It's all on you, um, depending on how you want to do it and where you want to take it. So don't underestimate the importance of ownership. And I understand that it's scary um, building something um, and, and, and giving it out to the world and not knowing how they would, how they would take it or if they would want it. Um, but at the same time, ownership requires guts and you would never know unless you pull that trigger. So what I would tell anybody aspiring to, to start something, just pull the trigger. Um, you'll never know um, until you do it and you miss every shot that you don't take. So just pull the trigger and just <laughs> let it go from there, honestly. Yeah, man. I love it. And it's, it's so simple, but, but it's great advice, man. Um, you know, I had a friend of mine say, also, once you get started, just don't stop, man. Mm -hmm. Find a way. Keep grinding, man. If you're, if you're eating a little bit of ramen, hey, man, just eat some ramen, right? Um, but just don't stop. Um, and, and good things will, will happen. 
if you don't let yourself stop. So thanks for that advice uh, that you share in there, Trey, based upon your experience. Let's continue now, um, my friend, with this, with this conversation. Um, and I want to talk about high performance specifically. Um, and it's clear to me, um, as I've known you, as I've worked with you, as I've just listened to you talk about what you're doing here in this episode, um, you're a guy that's performing at an incredibly high level. Um, so would you share with us listening um, a definition maybe? Like when you think of the words high performance in your own words, what does that mean to you? Got you. Um, I, I look at high performance as uh, my definition of high performance is um, optimizing your 24 hours the best of your ability. Um, and, and I think that's all you can ask for is w when you go to sleep at night, you, you lay your head on your pillow and you, and you reflect on the day. Did you do your best that day? Or are you going to sleep with regrets? Ah, I could have sent, I could have sent a few more emails out. Ah, I could have done this. I could have did that. If, if, if that's the case, obviously you can wake up and do it, do it again tomorrow, but you really want to optimize your 24 hours daily to the best of your ability so that when you lay your head at night, you have no regrets of what went on that day. And if you do that constantly day in and day out, um, that's going to equate to high performance. Yeah, man. Beautiful. So for Trey Lucas, high performance is optimizing that 24 hour day to the best of the ability that you have. I love it. Well, well, tell me this, man, you know, how do you do that in your own life? Right. Maybe drop some knowledge here, man. A couple nuggets. How does Trey Lucas optimize his day based upon your abilities? And as you consider that question, I'd also be curious if, if there's any habits that, that you have in that moment, in that reflection, that you would say, you know what? The birthplace for this habit that helps me optimize my day and perform at a high level was in football. Mm -hmm. So, because I think sport, man, is that classroom where we learn those habits. But hey, I'm not the only athlete out there. I'm talking to one right now. Yep. So any thoughts, Trey, on how you optimize your day? How do you perform at a high level? And, 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 and how does football maybe interrelate with that at all? If any, because it may not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I'll be honest, a, a lot of my daily routine stems from my days of playing college football. Um, there's <laughs> there's no reason for me to wake up at five o'clock like I do, but I still do. Um, just because it's, 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 in, it's been ingrained in me. And, and when I was playing college football, my alarm was set at four 30. Um, and I had to hop right out the bed. Um, so my alarm is set at five o'clock and I don't hit snooze because I've learned that when I was playing college football, I would always set my alarm to the, the, uh, to get the most sleep I could down to the second without being late. Mm. So I was, I could never hit snooze. I always, when it came, it, it was, I knew that that was the time that I had to get up to get out of bed. Like it was no snooze, no rolling over, get out of bed. So that's still ingrained in me to this day. Um, and I think just starting early just puts me in a good mood. Cause I feel like I'm up before the sun. And when I usually get up, I, I get up to work out. And that just puts me in a great headspace for the day. Cause I feel like I've already won the day because I've, I woke up early, I've got to work out in now what's next. And I, I, I just love waking up early and getting to work out in that that just really helps me out mentally. Um, and if I miss a day, say I miss a day and don't work out. 
it really affects me for the, the whole day, to be completely honest. So um, that's the biggest thing for me is just waking up early, getting the workout in, and then that, that energy and that momentum carries me throughout the day. Hey, man, good graces. Shout out to you, big dog. Beast mode with the 4.30 a.m. Wake up, no snooze. Trey is ready to freaking get it, man. Uh, so I love it, man. I mean, you're just really calling out two things in my mind here that are really impactful. It's what's your routine? Uh, your routine may not be Trey's routine. My, my routine is not Trey's routine. I ain't getting up at 4.30. I ain't getting up at 5. I've been there, done that. But I got a routine. And so Trey's calling out here, you know, in order to maximize that day, what is your routine? If you don't have one, make one. Uh, and then the second thing is you got to get some movement. Trey said exercise. Trey said workout. Trey says that it, that it enables his mental state. It energizes him. And I'm here to tell you that there's science behind that too that goes way beyond its impact to you mentally and, and absolutely has an impact on high performance because science tells us it does. So thanks for sharing that out, boss, when you talk about what you're doing to do things well. I want to talk about teams, man, in this moment. I want to go beyond just you and what you're doing to do things well. I want to talk about the collective, right, the grouping of people. So I'm talking two or more. That's a team, right? Mm -hmm. So when you think about the teams that you've been a part of, um, what has to happen, man? What's, found, what's foundational to the high-performing team in your mind? Um, for, for me, in my mind, a high-performing team um, really has, has two, two traits, um, concise communication and trust for me. Um, because if you can communicate what it is that you won't need um, or would like to have done and then trust that the person you communicated it to was able to receive that communication and, and do exactly what you wanted to do, that's just going to cause a good flow, a good workflow and, and understanding that whatever you want to be done is going to get done correct. Um, with, without those two things, I believe the performance of in any team, it is sport team, um, business, whatever you, whatever team that you're in, um, it, it won't, it won't work and you won't perform at a high level. Yeah, man, absolutely. So a high performer team, Corner Trey Lucas has got to have concise communication and you got to have trust. That's the recipe. Um, and, I, and I agree. I think those are two powerful habits that folks got to consider if they want to do teaming well. Speaking of the team, man, um, what, does, uh, what does the upcoming season look like for Southern Durham given kind of this crisis? Uh, are you engaged with, uh, with any of your athletes? Are you engaged with the coaching staff at all? Uh, what kind of outlook do you think? Are, we, are you going to kick off season on time? Uh, anything about this upcoming season, man, that uh, you want to share in this moment? Yeah, no, nah, I'm really excited about the upcoming season, to be completely honest. Um, we came off a 10-2 and two season last year, and we got upset in the first round of the playoffs. Um, but that upset really left a foul taste in the returning players' mouths. And, and I, I honestly love that because they're using that to feel their fire. And, and you can tell just by the mentality that they had before all of the COVID-19 happened. Um, our, our numbers in, the, in workouts were, were, were up. Um, the energy was up. It was just, it was, it's a sense of unfinished business. Um, and we definitely have the athletes that are coming back 
to to take care of business and, and go to that state championship. Um, our running back just committed to University of Tennessee. Um, our cornerback, um, which is the position that I coach, um, one of my kids just committed to Georgia Tech. Um, we have a DN that just committed to Duke. So we the, the talent is there. Um, the talent is there and, and, and the drive is there. So honestly, I, I can't wait to, to, to get back with the guys and, and kick it off because um, I know they're, they're, they're revving to go because we, we should have never lost in the first round like we did. Uh, we lost by one point. Um, hmm. And it was a lot of a lot of those kids first time in the playoffs because we actually had a slow, uh, we we've been down for about three years so they never they didn't realize the type of intensity that that it takes to win a playoff game and they thought since we were ten and one on a ten game winning streak the other team was just gonna lay down for us um, but understand that team had nothing to lose because we were slated to blow them out so they came out there with nothing to lose um, and we didn't handle that situation of being um, we didn't have that situation of being the favorite um, well. So I, I'm, I'm excited. And I, I think we'll have another 10 game, 11 game win year and hopefully um, go deep into the playoffs. Um, as far as being connected with the players, um, we, we have a big group chat. Um, we've done some zoom calls here and there. Um, so it's, I've still been connected with them just to make sure that they're okay. Uh, Cause again, like we touched on before, I mean, being a coaches, uh, high school coaching and 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 in the community that that I serve is bigger than just being a coach. So I have to make sure that they're still, you know, getting the meals that they need and 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 so on and so forth. So um, the, the the relationship is still there for sure. That's great, man. Um, I'm a bit envious of you. Absolutely, there's kind of a void in my heart right now because of sport. I mean, and I think a lot of people would probably. Uh, agree with me that are listening right now what happened to baseball season what happened to indoor soccer season what happened to wrestling season what happened to all those seasons that in April were really thriving at really the high school level and the recreational level here in North Carolina and beyond our borders and then what happened to the the, the sports I used to come home and turn on you know whatever it is you love NHL NBA even now all the college levels so there's a void in my life for sure man um that i hope gets filled and turned back in here pretty soon um because missing out on 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 fall the boys of fall and football man it will be forever etched in my memory that's that's for sure um, that'll be tough <laughs> yeah man it, no doubt it'll be tough um hey man last question here for you before we wrap things up uh what's next for you man trey lucas moving forward um you know just what's next man what's on your mind um what's next for me is really just obviously trying continue to, to build my brand and, and 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 get it to to where like i said it's nationally recognized um but first i think i just need to focus on this region and and do the best in this region with helping the, the athletes in this area and then um just by doing that it, it will grow um so the Eastern region and central and, and West, and obviously a national brand. Um, and, and, and for me, just honestly, just continue to, to, to live in through my passions and, and, and living through my truth. Uh, I'm a firm believer that um, if, if, if you live through your truth and, and live through your passions, that the universe will, will, will align and, and, and the right people will come into your life and the, and the right situations will come to your life that, um, that will help you propel, um, into whatever that you want to do. So I can just can 
all I can do is continue living in my truth. And that's what, um, what I tend to do. Um, so, I mean, that's what's next for me. I love it, man. Um, I'm wishing you the best of luck here, partner. I think what you're doing is important. Um, I will continue to be an advocate for you and the work that you're doing. And so please, uh, I know you know this, but consider me to be that ongoing extension of your network and reach out to me if I can be helpful as you move forward. Um, so good luck, brother. Let's break it on down it. here together. Oh yeah, no doubt, man. Uh, let's break it on down. Uh, you know, I think that you, you know, got some flashbacks maybe to the football huddle. Uh, I certainly do when I close out this way with the guests that I have on here. Um, and it's real simple, man. It's called the high performance breakdown. I'm going to say breakdown on three. I'm going to count one, two, three, and that's your invitation to give us three claps followed by the words, boom, shakalaka. And then when you speak those words, um, you know, you can say anything that moves you if it does in this moment as you close out this episode featuring you here today. Uh, but nothing's required, my man. Any questions? All good. Let's get it. All right. Hey, breaking us out here on episode 18 of season two, High Performance Pathways, my man, Trey Lucas, the coach. Break us down, brother. One, two, three. Boom, shakalaka. Um, last words I would like to, to address is speak what you seek. Um, I really think that there is power in the tongue and your mind um, is focused on um, the words that you put out in the world. So definitely speak what you seek and you'll be good to go. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Trey. It's my pleasure, man. We appreciate you being here. For everybody listening to connect with Trey, you can find them on LinkedIn at Trey Lucas. That's spelled L-U-C-A-S. I will also post uh, that Instagram handle. Say that for us one more time, Trey. Motivate the culture. So M-O-T-I-V-8-T-H-E-C-U-L-T-U-R-E. Bam. Follow Trey uh, on that handle and keep updated on the work that he's doing. And uh, hey, if you enjoyed this conversation, uh, stay tuned to us. We'll drop another episode next week. And we look forward to having you. Now get out there, everybody. Consider what Trey shared with us today. Allow it to fire you up and inspire you in your quest to chase top performance in your own life. Later, y'all.